there's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Nebraska preps post game with Damon Benning and Jacob Padilla. You're the big boys, guys. Nebraska preps post game with my man, JP. Hopefully this won't be our swan song. It may. We'll have to figure out what to do. Yeah, I think right. we've got some ideas that we're kicking. Right, around a we can't. I just can't going. be going through Jacob Padilla withdrawal. <laughs> right, maybe we'll have it like NBA podcast, and we'll talk college baseball. Well, and we got a we got a new uh, basketball season getting ready to start here soon that we might. Uh, yeah, how about that? Look at so let's take we'll a look see. at that. But uh, a heck of a weekend, right? I guess it's a week now. Yeah, right. You go <laughs> Tuesday through Saturday. It seems like a marathon, and it didn't disappoint. Right, I mean, oh, yeah. it was um, a lot of surprises, some buzzer beaters, quality play. We saw some upsets. We saw guys getting able to play. Right, I, the uh, officiating was 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 pretty good for the most part. I felt like in in the majority of the games. I apologize to any coaches that feel like <laughs> maybe not so much, but probably st- most of them. <laughs> stylistically, I mean, there were some tough games to officiate. I mean, oh, can yeah. you imagine? You know, officiating Auburn and then turning around and and having the you know a prep Bellevue West vantage yeah. point in that one or the third quarter with Prep and and Millard North. I mean, that's a that's a completely different game, same sport. Yeah, this this tournament really had it all. You kind of hit on everything. It, it had everything. It had upsets. It had lower seeds winning state titles. It had game winners. It had buzzer buzzer beating tying shots, um, and it. It was just amazing to watch, and I, you look at the the five day format, and uh, I know uh, it, it was a bit of a grind for those of us that did all thirty games throughout the week. <laughs> but uh, all the coaches that um, talked about it, they seemed to be in favor of it. They liked kind of having that day off in the middle of the tournament, whether it was after their first game or after their second, whatever. Um, however, that that kind of day off came. Um, that I, I think a, a, a lot of the coaches kind of liked having that time to have have their uh, have their kids recharge and be able to look over some things and get ready to for the semis and the finals. So it's interesting, you know. I was talking this morning and over the weekend. More difficult to do what Coach Weeks did as the favorite in C one at Auburn, or what Coach Ribble did in B to pull off the upset after losing to Nebraska City in the sub districts. <laughs> yeah, that's probably probably what Beatrice did. I think um Auburn and they talked about this afterward. Um just kind of both players and coaches kind of compared the the last three state titles and um kind of what what each season was like and how that that first one was such a surprise for them last uh 2 years that ago. got it started and then last year it was expected, and they, they were the best team by far. They had the best roster, and they played like it all season, and, and they just finished it off. This year, uh, I don't think the roster was quite as separate from everybody else, and we kind of saw that in the title game, but it yeah, was still you had, the you, best. Had a, you had a Ryan, you had a Cam, and you had a Maverick. Yeah. <laughs> 
And then you had what, f- three, four weeks is on the coaching staff. Yeah. And <laughs> a lot of family a lot, ties. A lot of family one. ties. Um, but, and even you can see, like, they didn't, they didn't have a sick, like, Dan, Daniel Freire was an absolute monster all tournament long and had a really great year. But last year they had Freire next to a Josh Lambert, 6'8", who went in yeah. could, uh, could ver- and was getting buckets uh, at Midland as a true freshman there uh, for them at the, the, the varsity level. So, um, and, and then obviously Cam doing what he does and, um, and Ryan and, um, CJ Hughes, I think, um, no. was their other shooter. So last year, yeah, their, their roster was just absolutely stacked. They should have won. They did one. They took care of business this year. It wasn't quite that much separation. Obviously, like you talked about Maverick freshman playing all season long and boy, did he step up in that game, but yeah, what did he finish with 14? I think he had, he had 11, 11. Uh, yeah. Um, but Two big threes. He had a three-point play that was huge um, in the fourth quarter. He just, down the stretch of that third quarter heading into the fourth, he kind of took over when the game was really in doubt and gave them their lead, and they were able to kind of hold on to it and finish it out. So I, I, I don't think the separation quite was quite as much as it, uh, it was the previous year, but I think they were still the best team, and they proved that. Beatrice, man. We talked about Class B all year long. We, we said on, we, we liked the top five, and we yeah. thought it – and sure enough, number six comes and upsets the whole thing. Yeah, so. tapped everybody on the shoulder. They, you know, this the seedings, you know, especially after the first two days, you know, Scott gets upset at the buzzer. Uh, Waverly gets beat by Beatrice the next day. Uh, Elkhorn finds a way to beat Norris. And 22-4 to four at one point. I know, like conventional wisdom, you're thinking, oh, gosh, this set basketball back. But, you know, Norris had some looks at it. The 1-3-1, I felt like... Elkhorn defensively really bothered them. Oh, they were so. I was at the EMC final when um, Norris picked apart that zone, absolutely handled them. They were dishing the ball all over the court, raining threes. It was one of the best offensive execution uh, games that I've ever seen against a, a zone like that. Um, and I, I didn't get to see their second time, but they won by ten, so they were still able to kind of control that game. And then you come to the this. Uh, this game against Elkhorn, and they just had no idea what to do yeah. with it. And nobody could make a shot. There were turnovers all over the place. Elkhorn was really aggressive all up in their faces. They were extending that zone. They were trapping. They were all over the place. And, and they were covering up better than they had previously. Um, so credit to Elkhorn for finding a way to do things differently enough that what Norris had done previously wasn't going to work again. And then sometimes there's just a lid <laughs> – on that, that rim, and we saw that a lot throughout the state tournament. And that's something we see in that arena where guys maybe don't always shoot as well as they do uh, normally. And Norris just couldn't find a way to get the ball through the rim. Let me ask you something. From an official standpoint, would you rather be, um, you know, have a, have a game like, you know, GICC, Central Catholic, and, and UTAN or Auburn um, – or even Elkhorn and Beatrice, or would you rather be a part of, like, let's say, the third quarter with Bellevue West and Millard North? There's a varying degree of difficulty in both kinds of games to let however styles are going to be played evolve. Yeah, and I I know you mentioned you praised the officiating in that third quarter specifically. Yeah, just uh, letting it go. That that was honestly the best uh, eight minutes of high school basketball I've seen when you look at Back and forth, 52 points between the two teams. Both uh, best players on both teams stepping up, going back and forth, bucket, bucket. And it wasn't all, like, they were difficult shots. Guys were just going and making plays. Um, That was just an incredible eight minutes of basketball. And like you said, the flow 
was a big part of that. Yeah. And there wasn't a lot of stoppages. And credit to the guys, they, they weren't um, they, they, they weren't the, making a lot of plays where the officials really had to or give, giving the officials chances to kind of call something in the backcourt that would disrupt it or whatever. They were playing pretty solid on both ends um, and challenging without hacking and all that kind of stuff. So um, that was just a fun I, – I, I imagine it was fun to be a part of it, but like you said, that, that's tough. Like when you've got that level of athleticism and size out there to be in the position, the right position to make the calls all the time, credit to that crew for sure for keeping up. Of what happened with the buzzer beaters in close games, and I even think you could make the case even UTAN had their chances, right? If they make some foul shots and some chippies – down the stretch, that's maybe a different game. But when you look back at the the state tournament in its totality, who do you think had the hardest time sleeping when it was all said and done? Oh, um, I think whew, probably Prepper Elkhorn, I would think. And I, I'll let you finish, yeah. and I'll give you mine. Um, I, I man. Probably City's free throws. There were a couple well, of other things they, late or late. They had about five different chances to yeah. win that game and couldn't quite make the play to do it. And it's the same thing that happened to them during Bel- to, uh, against Bellevue West in the regular season where they had that game won. Chucky comes out of nowhere and leads them back, and Prep wasn't able to make one or two more plays to finish it off. And it goes to overtime, and then Bellevue West pulls it out there. This time it took three overtimes, but same story, same ending. Um, if you're Elkhorn, that's my choice. Yeah. And I, do, I, do you foul and not allow Beatrice to get the three-pointer off? And yeah. Caden Glenn, who, who looks like he's been here before, right? <laughs> Very savvy and poised, calmly knocks down a three at the buzzer, and all of a sudden you're thinking, that may be tough for Elkhorn to overcome emotionally. And I talked to Coach Benji yesterday, um, and yeah, it's – that one's gonna. That one's gonna. He's gonna be thinking about that one for a long time, and I'm sure the players involved will too. Um, they had had the lead. You have the ball, turnover, go down. Yep. Um, and, Very yeah. uncharacteristic too. Yeah, um, and just I feel tough. I feel bad for those guys. They they had it won, but and then um, on the the last play there, the tying play, um, Doctor. They they expected. Elkhorn to be in their one three one come out in the zone. They played it the entire game. They drew up a play for the zone. Elkhorn came out in a man. Yep. And um, Clark Rebel just said, trusted his guys. All right, go make a play. And Elliot Jurgens drove um, at an antler, kind of double on the ball yep. for some reason. Get made the, the right play. And Caden right in front of his bench or um, buried it. Um, so that, and he's, like you mentioned, he's a guy that's been here before. Sophomore year with Johnson Brock, 25 points, uh, game high in the, the yeah. state title game to, to lead Johnson Brock over Osman in his last game as an Eagle before moving to Beatrice uh, and making that transition. And now he gets to close out his, uh, his high school career with uh, another state title in a different class at, an, at another school. So um, heck of a career for him. Do you feel like, is there a class where you don't, you're not sure and maybe B's the easy answer. Who the best team in the class is? Uh, I, I forgot to finish the thought on the last one, though. But as for the fouling, um, uh, Benji said, like, thought about it, but it's not something that they practice a lot. And he just thought so much could go wrong, especially when there's like 20 seconds left. When there's a, 
uh, less now where you feel like yeah, you can get I, it in. To typically, I like to think it, five seconds or less yeah, I'm going it, to foul. It's hard to time it right when um, there's that much time to think about it and for them to try to do something. Um, and so it, it's tough. <laughs> I, we, and conversely, we saw Bellevue West execute almost a similar concept where they waited yeah. until it got under the time, and they did intentionally foul because they knew that, not intentionally as yeah. in yeah. two plus the ball, but like they waited out the scenario. Yeah, foul at the right time. And um, so ultimately, I think that the question always comes down to what are you comfortable with? What do you feel like your guys can execute? What do you practice? And <laughs> – I know as a coach uh, last summer or two summers ago, actually, um, we were we were up three. Um, we missed free th- uh, free throw that could have put us up more or whatever. They got the ball and uh, instead of fouling, uh, I I told them not to foul. It's played out, got it in, chucked it in from the uh, the opposite free throw line at the mm. buzzer to send it to overtime, and we ended up losing <laughs> overtime. Yeah, that's tough. A we, lot of times when you see those kinds of shots go in, those teams that make the shots, a lot of times win in overtime. And we were getting crushed on the glass, too. So I, what I was thinking was like, well, I don't want to give up a, a free throw and then an and one putback because they had some big kids uh, yeah. bigger than we did. So it's like that's kind of where you're thinking, too, is like what's more likely, them throwing up a miracle shot or getting a putback at, off an intentionally missed free throw? And um, so there's a lot of things that you have to weigh in that those brief 20 seconds or whatever as a coach that you have to make that decision. And uh, it, it didn't work out for them, but um, that's um, that, that's kind of what they were comfortable with. So unfortunately um, for them, it didn't work. But credit to Beatrice for making the play. When you look back at, at what happened in Class A with Bellevue West and prep and, and obviously um, Coach Ludke coaching in that game with a very heavy heart. Yeah. Um, Probably the better game of the two, the Friday night, Saturday night, although the third quarter yeah. in the championship game was probably the best stretch of basketball. Is that kind of how you look at it? Yeah, definitely. That's the, like I said, that's the highest level of play that I've seen. And the highs, I think, just in terms of the plays some of those guys made were, were higher in the, Bel- the Bellevue West Middle North game. But like start to finish, the, the, the traded runs, the, uh, the competitiveness, obviously – took, uh, what, 12 extra minutes to decide the game. You factor in all that, I think um, I'd probably put that one narrowly uh, ahead of the final. But I, I tell you this, I think that was probably the best. Like, even the Millard North-Millard West game was a good one. It's a fantastic and, game. Uh, Millard, credit to Millard West for pushing uh, Millard North as much as they did. Millard North had to hit free throws in the fourth quarter to hold uh, Millard West off, and they did it 14 for 16. Re- reoccurring therm- theme. Made free throws for Millard North in crunch time. They did not wilt. And for two reasons, that's important. Number one, you coughed up the huge lead a year ago. Number two, your school is not rich in storied basketball success tradition. So it would be easy to check the rearview mirror and be thinking, you know, you you start short-arming that thing a little bit and it just doesn't come off as clean or whatever. And Millard North... With all the pressure, everyone, yeah. well, if they don't win it this year, they'll never win it. And all this rhetoric out there, they answered the dinner bill. And that, it was a consistent theme throughout the tournament. There were a lot of opportunities to seal games with free throws that teams weren't able to capitalize on. And Millard North, that's why that stood out so much to me for Miller North, uh, that they were able to do it. Now you look at uh, Carney Central Catholic. Yeah. Oh, boy, would they like to have that one again against Wayne, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's like... They couldn't throw it in the ocean yeah. from the foul line, and you're thinking, what is going on with the free throw shooting? But 
staying right there, when is the last time you remember that many players, different players, playing pivotal roles at different phases of one really good basketball game? Which game? Uh, Miller North and Bellevue West. Okay, yeah, and and that's why that third quarter and the extension, the whole game was so fun is because it wasn't Chucky and Hunter going back and forth. It was everybody. They were almost at times plays. in addition to. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's whether it was Fiddler, Stuvie, William Kyle defensively, I thought were outstanding. Josiah Dotzler with a couple of didn't really shoot it well, but crafty defensively. And made some plays in the fourth quarter again. Yeah. <laughs> but then Miller North, on the other hand, Tyler Sandoval, who I thought was very, very good defensively. Yeah. Um, Jason Green. Jason Green finally had the opportunity to show you what all the fuss is about, right? And they did it without Saint really scoring the basketball. And, and that's the interesting thing. Like, you look at it, Chucky and Hunter, 25 apiece, led the way. Sure. Um, but Miller North, or, so normally, like, St. Thomas and, Would be uh, next. and Frankie Fiddler are kind of the other guys there. Frankie... Uh, 11 points on three of eight shooting. Saint, nine points on two of seven shooting. They both did a little bit in addition to scoring. And um, Saint made some big plays, passing the ball. Frank yeah, really, really high IQ but in crunch time. Neither one of those guys were what you expected them to be. It was the other guy stepping up. It was Jaden Johnson coming out of nowhere with 24 points on 10 to 13 shooting. It was. Uh, it, it, this again, is, this is strange, right? Because I, I like you. Listen, we both follow a lot of these kids, and especially since they've been younger and, and, and growing up. So it's easy to have feelings. Jaden Johnson might be the one guy that I've kind of rallied around that I didn't know really previous to the last two and a half years because he's so off maligned. He has become kind of the, you know, even in the summer, it's right. It's like, well, there's vote. And the, every, he's always the guy that everybody's waiting to try and replace and to see him flourish with some difficult shots yeah. <laughs> on the biggest stage and take control from a leadership standpoint, oh, man, it, I felt like it almost warmed my heart. Like, I, I really cheer for him. That shot at the end of the third quarter was one of the most ridiculous things I've seen. Yeah. Fading sideways, falling back, shooting back towards the rim, bottom of the net. <laughs> yeah. At the buzzer to give them the lead. Like, that was insane. How, how about when he, he was going to shoot the three, then he didn't want to, then he shot it anyway because he was just getting space. I, I, I can't remember who I was sitting next to. I said, you almost never see those go in. He, oh, by the way, the, a three just because you were going to let him shoot it. He just made big shot after big shot. And I, I mentioned to his dad after the game, like, just the, the two best games I've seen Jaden play. Um, were this past summer in the River City Final against Team Factory. Yeah, he was the Chucky. man. He was the man. 20-plus out of nowhere, hitting every shot, um, and Factory just had no answer This in, in this game. So state title of his senior year, like he certainly picked the right times to play his best basketball, and that was ultimately the difference because you look at a lot of guys kind of match up well. Like We talked about Sane and Frankie, neither one kind of won that battle. Um Greg Brown stepped up. Jason Green stepped up. 18 apiece. Um, Josiah hit some big plays, but ultimately, Jane Johnson, 24 points. 
that was the difference there. They just had nobody answer because, again, William Kyle, Tyler Sandoval kind of canceled each other out as well. So it really did come down to kind of that difference right there. And if Jane doesn't make those shots, I really think WS wins this thing and may not even need a uh, buzzer beater type of shot to, to win it. I think they probably have a couple possessions lead in the fourth quarter that they could hold on to. When you look back at kind of the 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 state tournaments in its totality, we know a lot about the guys, right? But when you look at kind of the accomplices that that who helped pull it off, the Gannon Graggerts who's or the Dane Peterson sometimes who gets a little bit overlooked or um I, I really think about the little things and, and Buckley is not an underappreciated guy for Creighton Prep, but he doesn't get a lot of the headlines. There's the Buckleys, the, the Maje Wileys who played well. I almost felt like AJ Rollins should have had more touches. <laughs> Boy, he was fantastic on Friday night and so efficient. Who are the guys that you kind of came away with where you're thinking, man? That's either who you thought they were or you wish they had another game in them to kind of build on that. Yeah, that that was the best game I think I've seen both Brendan. I, Brendan had a 37-point game against Elkhorn South last year where he just hit a crazy amount of threes. I didn't get to see that game, but this game was the best I've seen for both AJ and uh, Brendan. So they, they left it all out that they went out on the top. Man, AJ was an absolute monster. He's a monster. Running through everybody in his way. How about his hands? That's, and it kind of translates to uh, football. Yeah, football there where you you think, like, he's he's got such good touch around the basket. And he's not a guy that a lot of time will, like, great footwork. Yeah, he's not going to Kevin McKillie or Kevin Garnett you, right? He's He's just just, going up and putting the shot up. And he's got the touch to be able to finish over a contest time and time again. And he, uh, he did that at a ridiculous level uh, in that game. Finished with 22 on 10 and 15 shooting, um, 12 boards. They credit him with two blocks. Um, I think he impacted like five, six, seven shots at least around the rim. Uh, he was just absolutely phenomenal. And looked like a guy who wasn't ready to start focusing solely on football. He wanted his basketball career to continue. We, You haven't done this quite as long as I have, so maybe your Rolodex will be a little shorter. But when is the last time you've seen a player like Chucky Hepburn be as as dominant or able to dictate outcomes of games without having to score the basketball? Yeah, uh, nobody. There's he's he's it's the, almost unprecedented, right? Yeah, he's the most complete player that I've seen. I uh, I was talking to Cyrus. Uh, this was my ninth season uh, covering high school basketball. And we've seen some pretty good players. We've we've seen uh, Teddy Allen come through Nebraska. We've seen um, uh, Kyrie Thomas at the high school level. Kind of Justin my first Patton. year. You've yeah. seen a ton. Yeah, um, but Sharif Mitchell, obviously. Um, but nobody uh, in Chucky is as good defensively, as good of a passer as anybody I've seen. And then on top of that, he can go get a bucket when he needs to. And it's um, not a great three point shooter, but it seems like fourth quarter. I've never seen I've never seen a guy who shoots closer to 30% overall shoot such a high percentage in the clutch when it matters the yes. most. Hey, it, I was going to say doesn't he could be one of seven b- behind the arc. If you need three threes, he's going to make three threes. It feels like more than half his made threes have come in fourth quarters of games this season. It's yeah, I think just he crazy. Had, he had 19 of the 20 he had, some, he had five in the fourth quarter yeah. against prep. That's insane. Uh, it's just, and they needed every single one of them. 
when you when you look back, um, you, you feel bad for guys like Justin City, who I felt like, wow, you, you know, you make those free throws. He had the he had the the layup at the end of the game in the first overtime yeah. game against Bellevue West too that didn't go in um, as well. When you look back and you watch that team as they rallied, and Josh plays a lot of seniors. Yeah. Um, he's kind of really developed that program where you kind of step in and develop. Who do you think they miss the most going into next year? Oof. <laughs> uh, I think it's definitely – I think it's definitely City. Right. Um, Just because he has the most versatility. Yeah. Uh, and for that point guard spot, I th- they've, they've got some guys they like, some younger guys, but I don't know that there's anybody – you saw in the game there when um, Justin got in that foul trouble. Oh, yeah, and it had mattered. Sit, and that was when they hit him with a big run, yep. and he had to put him back in there. Uh, and picked up his third. He's so uh, disruptive defensively. And just handling the ball and making better. And even he had a couple of turnovers early that um, that um, were, were unfortunate. But just his ability to handle the ball and make the right decisions. Um, they had to put the ball in the hands of some other guys that weren't quite ready for the moment at that point. And so I, I think Martell Evans is a guy that they've kind of developed throughout this year coming off that bench as kind of a backup point guard type. Um, we'll see if he can step in there. Obviously, they've got Luke Junkers coming back as your kind of inside-out presence, kind of replace some of what Rollins he, he, does. He's interesting, right? Like, I, I kind of put a lot of pressure on him Friday during our morning show where I said if if he could answer the dinner bell as a two-way guy and give them some 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 toughness and presence, yeah. I felt like that would be the difference. And I think he's still evolving into that kind of role. Yeah, and I think that I think that game will be a big – learning point for him um, because they, they really took it at him a couple of times uh, for some turnovers and key moments. Um, like kind of, I, I think this one's going to stick with him for a while throughout this off season as he comes back next year as kind of the senior leader on this team. He was a leading scorer this year. Um, and so he's going to have to step up. He's um, you look at that class. He's one of the few guys with division one offers right now. Uh, and he's got the profile to really make a leap and, um, earn more of those with a good summer. Um, so he's a guy that's going to have to take that big step forward, and he's got got the, the tools to do it. Now, maybe you didn't allow yourself to go here, but I heard a lot of this lamenting about kind of this nostalgic look at at the level of play and, and where this year ranks. And I was a little taken aback because I'm thinking to myself, now, wait a minute. For three quarters of this season, we talked a lot about it being top-heavy, we heard criticisms of Hunter not playing like a five star. Chucky didn't shoot it very well, and I didn't. There wasn't like this fanfare. How did you reconcile the weekend versus where having the rare five star and arguably the best player in a school's history in Chucky Hepburn? How did you kind of compartmentalize this whole year when you take a look back at it? And I think by the, the tail end of the season, uh, you and I at least had really started to include prep in that conversation. Oh, yeah, for top. sure. For and sure. I, and they were my dark horse yeah. when the season started. And I think this, I think the state tournament, as well as Millard West played, um, kind of sh- demonstrated how much of a gap there was between those top three and the rest of the class and the level that those three were able to reach. And credit to, I think, um, a great decision by um, Josh Lutke to invest in the strength and conditioning part of yeah. it this summer. You could see the difference the in athleticism. those guys. Yeah, uh, and w- they did a lot of training with. Uh, um, I think it was first, first pick. pick. Yeah, um, yeah. Grant Eberly is fantastic yeah. at what he does, and 
it was a huge difference there. Look at the Buckleys and the Wileys cities. and the cities from – they were good athletes, but they weren't – I didn't think they were anything necessarily special. You look at some of the plays they were making th- this last week at, at, on the biggest stage athletically. Um, I think that's a huge – that's why they were able to make the leap from good team last year to uh, top three, one of the – I think um, because they, they didn't necessarily ha- – they didn't have a Chucky or Hunter, yet they were still able to get into – um, that mix because they were so solid, one through seven, however many they wanted to play. Um, and they had so many different guys that could make a difference. And a lot of that was, I think, the step up they made athletically with that training. So credit to to him. That was a great decision and to those guys for the work they put in. And, I, I, I again, I've been doing this nine years. That's the, the strongest it's ever been at the top for me in terms of having three teams like that. Obviously, you, we've had some great teams uh, – Omaha South and uh, and Omaha Central, obviously. Um, but I don't think they had two other teams that pushed them as much as um, Prep and, and Bellevue West and Millard North pushed each other this year. And all their games kind of played that out. They were phenomenal games every single time. Of the teams, we'll stick with B and A here for a second. Of the teams that have to reload and kind of rebuild, obviously Elkhorn – um, it was a senior-laden bunch of a very veteran crew. They may be the obvious answer. I don't know. Prep has some retooling they've got to do. It's, it's difficult, near impossible, to replace a guy like Chucky Hepburn. <laughs> Miller North will lose four of five starters with Sandoval, St. Thomas, Hunter Salas, and Jaden Johnson. Who do you think has the ability to kind of bounce back? I mean, we're – these. Some programs will look vastly different in another eight, nine months. It'll be interesting to see what Bellevue West looks like next year with um, Josiah Dozer sliding back over more to that point guard role because um, that's kind of what he played as a, um, coming up through yeah. the ranks through, through grade Basically school. his whole life. Yeah, and like, he was a really good passer. Like I, was, uh, I loved his vision and some of the, the stuff that he showed from that. He had a in, very in nice uh, little leave at yeah. the hoop the other last night or Saturday night as well. But playing next to Chucky and playing at Bellevue West, he's kind of morphed more into that score, that the catch-and-shoot guy, and now this year more of the ability to go make plays off the bounce in transition, and he's developed uh, so much physically. Um, it'll be interesting to see what that team looks like with him kind of sliding more into that, that number one primary initiator role as opposed to being the uh, kind of sidekick to Chucky. And you've got William Kyle coming back. They've got some uh, s- some wings that are coming off the bench with with Stuvey and Evan Inselman and guys that have played a, a, a lot of basketball. Yeah, um, young guy, really good shooter. So they've got a lot. Also, um, prep. You got Casey O'Malley um, coming off the bench that ma- made a big impact this year. You've got Jungers. Um, you've got Martel Evans, like I mentioned, and their JV is always is tough. So they're going to have some guys kind of step up there. Uh, and, and Miller North, you've got um, those freshmen. We'll see. Yeah. Their their freshman class was spectacular. We'll see what how quickly those guys can be ready to do something at the the um the varsity level because you've got you've got one of the best players in the state coming back and Jason Green. You've got those guards uh uh Nick Dolezal and David Harmon played some this year right. that So it, it's capable. it's basically it's it's Neil Mosser, it's Isaiah McMorris, Eli uh, Gaith. Eli Gaith. Yeah. It'll be guys like that and you know the funny thing is, is that's a that's a great kind of little way to 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 encompass this whole deal. When you look at all the young talent that played, the Wilcoxons, the the Pokorskis, the Will Coopers, uh, the Bennings, the Mitchells, the uh, the Mossers, so Jaden Jackson, um, 
so many freshmen yeah. played and played meaningful minutes. What did you kind of attribute that to as it was such a talented, senior-laden group throughout the majority of the Metro? I I think it points to the strength of that uh that class, that 2024 class. And um, obviously, you've, you've got to watch these guys for, yeah, for a, a long, long time. time. You've seen the battles. Yeah, that, Ma- Maverick Binder, yeah. Uh, who's fantastic. Uh, uh, Marcus Glock at, at Wahoo. There's it, a lot of really good players. And you've seen the Aiden battles. Zickman at Central and, City. Yeah, with, with OSA and TNE and Lincoln Supreme, um, all these guys. The battles, Ricky Lofton at South. And, and Factory. Like, all the bat- these guys all played – Really great battles throughout middle school, um, high-level basketball against each other. Um, so I think they were pretty well prepared once they got to the varsity level to um, get out there and contribute to a lot of these teams. And you mentioned even some of these are more than contributing. Uh, um, Pekorski was Gretna's leading scorer this year yeah. and did it really efficiently yeah. uh, for a team that doesn't score a lot of points. So that was that was really impressive. And um, so it's going to be fun to watch this class uh, develop over the next year, four years because or three years, because this 2021 class was so special. Yep. And I, and you just look at the point guard position in this class alone and seeing guys, Chucky Hepburn, Brady Tim, Lucas Vogt, Carter Glenn, seeing all these guys that I've watched for four years here kind of all end their careers. Uh, you're right. That's a, that's, a, that's a fantastic group. Yeah. Jaden Johnson. Yeah. And yeah, Jaden coming in back over from Council Bluffs to kind of join that group a little later on there. There were just so many really good point guards in this class, and I could go on and on. Uh, City, we mentioned, um, going to go to Morningside and have a really good career there. There are just so many D'Angelo really good yeah. at Millard West. Yeah, Let me ask you this before we go. You said nine years. Where have you seen the facilities and training oh. go? Where if I want to go – if Caleb wants to go play on a Monday night and go shoot, he can. If he wants to go on a Sunday morning and shoot, he – where have you seen the, the opportunities and the facilities change the most in just nine short years? Well, and that, that's a, I think that's a huge part in the town and the level of basketball we're getting is the, the training, the summer basketball, all these options that these kids have now. There's so many people that uh, kids can go to to work. Everybody's got their own. Uh, some, some of these kids work with multiple trainers because um, yeah. they all bring something a little different. Um, I, I know Thomas Villanco is a good friend. Like I know he's doing great work. Yeah, he down does. There fan, he's, he's uh he does really quietly. He yeah. does really really good work. I wonder what would happen if 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 a guy like that plops just shows up in Omaha, <laughs> right? To yeah. to to go along with all the other high level training that's here. You've got the guys out at Factory that train Coach Foster and Mackey and what Bob Francis does at at UBT. What. Uh, Cody Levinson and Coach Barnes yep. do it at, at, at going vertical. It is it is so competitive, and and, and the I, guys yeah. like their guys. I mean, a lot of the it's 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 fascinating to watch, and, and that's the best part too. And that's where the competition is driving more opportunities for everybody else. Where you got Hollywood oh, hoops that's yeah. tucked right there at Gretna. Yeah. It's like and, yeah, again another like we could just go on. There's so many guys that are out there that know their stuff that are working help. And kids get better. And you look at OSA, what they've done with the field house and then uh, open up their own new facility. And, and then their training driven, academy. It's yeah. And that's driven uh, Lincoln Supreme to get the kinetic uh, facility down there in Lincoln up. So now they've got that. Uh, yeah. Kids have that place to go down in Lincoln. So you, now you've got so many different competing uh, opportunities for kids where if you want to get better, you can. Uh, uh, 
that's 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 where we're at right now um, from a, as a basketball community is now kids you can go be as good as you want to because there's so many different opportunities for kids to improve. Yeah, and I guess I'd close with this. I thought that was the difference, right? Whether I'm talking about Brady Tim or Caden Glenn or Hunter Salas or Chucky Hepburn or Frankie Fiddler, City, Buckley, all these talented guys that the Gannon Graggarts, the Drew Christos that love to compete. They work at their game. It's not just enough for those guys to be talented it's there's this there's this competitiveness that was really really refreshing to see i mean Hayden Glenn just gave you the appearance that he he was going to find a way to win yeah. didn't matter what it looked like <laughs> i mean the binders like they grind yeah. right as for as good as they are in the community of auburn yeah. they grind at their craft and and it's <laughs> It was so interesting to see Cam Binder's evolution as a player. Yeah, uh, coming in freshman year, obviously scoring, and then sophomore year, twenty a game, taking every shot, hitting so many big clutch shots at the state tournament. That's kind of really when his legend started. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then last year, kind of you had Lambert emerge as yep. a dominant post force. He kind of took a step back, started playing more point guard, dropped down to about fifteen a game. Uh, Lambert, I believe, led them in scoring. And then this year, um, didn't necessarily have Lambert anymore, but he still kind of stepped back even more. Yeah, sure. And, yeah, so Ryan and, uh, and Maverick and then Daniel Ferreri stepped up more. Um, so he averaged, I think, his fewest points maybe since his freshman year. I forgot what he averaged as freshman. He did not take a shot. He didn't even look to shoot the ball yeah. in the state title game. He scored four points on four bonus free throws. And that's it. And they, they, he didn't score until the 220 mark of the fourth quarter. That's what's going to be. he was fine with that. Yeah, that's what's going to be interesting to watch at a team like, like Platteview, right? Yeah. Who was a little young, a little green, led by a sophomore. As the evolution of, of, of a guy like Connor Milliken as a facilitator, as some other guys have kind of, I think he trusts a lot more with Coach Brodsky out there. The, Teams like that will be fun to watch because you wonder what the next phase is as guys diversify their game because they want to win. Yep. And <laughs> for guys that make such big leaps so early on, it's like, okay, where's he going well, yeah, next? What's what, next? What does the next step look like? Because <laughs> Connor, I mean, you'd be hard for us to find a more Polished productive player. player yeah. Well, and not even just offense, just productive player with his rebounds, the blocks, the steals, all that stuff he did in addition to scoring the ball. Like, I, you'd you have a hard time, like you look at per uh, PR in high school level, like he's got to, you, you'd be hard pressed to find someone that was more agree. productive I agree. Than, than Connor this year. And he did another, it as a sophomore. So another, where does he go? Another gym rat. Yeah. A guy that stays working on his craft. It, it helps when you only live five minutes from the school and, <laughs> you know, your, your, your coach is kind of your quasi neighbor too. So it's just like, yeah. hey, you need to go get some shots up, but. Man, fantastic season, and the finale did not disappoint. Oh, no. I don't have any idea what it'll be next, right? We, we hear our music. It makes me a little sad. Uh, next Monday, I'll be looking for somebody to talk to. We'll, we'll make up something. Yeah, thank, thanks for everybody that listened along this season. Oh, uh, we picked up a lot of viewers down the stretch because we knew um, you guys absolutely love this stuff. It's been a pleasure to break it down for you all season long. Going back to football, I'm, I'm glad that uh, you brought me on board for this. Yeah. It's been so much fun this year. So uh, thank you, DB. My, my, yeah, thank you. Enjoyed always, this. always good. We uh, we will tap the Rolodex, the tank, the group think. 
We'll see what happens. Uh, stay right there, though. We'll let you know what's next with Nebraska Preps postgame. I just have a feeling wherever I am, we'll see this guy next to me. I enjoy working with him. That's Jacob Padilla. I'm ODB. Appreciate you tuning in. A Huda Media Production.